0: Thank you. Welcome to Atari Bytes, the show where we take a bite out of the story within a classic Atari 2600 game and see if that story bites us back. My name is Bill. This is episode 149. Thanks for listening. Welcome back, everybody. We're in crisis mode. here at the Atari Bytes studio. It is Sunday morning. There is a winter weather something. Winter storm warning, I guess. Not a blizzard warning, but a winter storm warning upon us. 8-12 8-12 inches predicted for today We are still at the Rainy, turning to ice Stage of that So we're hunkering down In the studio, got nowhere to be uh, Just waiting to watch it snow uh, Maybe drink heavily As the snow falls And uh, you know prepare for the oncoming apocalypse What better way to spend a day like that Than talking to you people On a podcast, which I'm doing right now Later I'll be putting up the Christmas tree It's right after Thanksgiving for me As uh, I'm recording, I have finally recovered from my turkey coma, so I think I will move around a bit, work off some of those calories, by preparing for uh, the other oncoming apocalypse, which is the Christmas holiday. All right, well, on this snowy day, let's see if our buddy Mike Man... What's his name? Let's see if our buddy Mad Mike Hughes survived his Thanksgiving holiday. Gonna prove that the world is flat in his rocket ship he'll He's Mad Mike, Mad Mike Hughes On Facebook, Mad Mike seems to have gone dark. He hasn't posted anything since the end of October. Let's see what's going on on his website. We don't look at his website very much. MadMikeHughes.com uh, We see a movie trailer. Updates. Wow. The last update on his website was from March 6th, where he was imploring people to watch his rocket launch. Uh, There's a Rocket Man movie trailer. Shirts available for sale. Photo gallery. Man, Mike, what's going on? Come back, Mike. Gee, I hope he's okay. Let's type Mad Mike Hughes into the uh, old search bar. See what comes up. There is nothing current coming up on the on the uh, Google Search this week's episode is sponsored by Google. Hmm. I wonder what's going on. Maybe oh I know. Maybe he's busy out in the garage working on his new rocket that's going to launch him into space with his camera so that he can once and for all prove that the earth is flat. If the earth is flat and we get a lot of snow, which, you know, where I live is just one place of many, many places that get snow. But a lot more snow, even, than I get here. If the Earth is flat, wouldn't the snow just kind of blow off the edge of the Earth so that the earth, the surrounding atmosphere would be just filled with snow? And couldn't we just see that in pictures? Hmm. I don't know. Alright, I guess this is a very short, Mad might use update. Might if you're listening, and I know you are, uh, I hope everything's okay, buddy. Uh, get back on the Facebooks and uh, let us know what's going on. You're ruining my bit. All right. Well, thus concludes this non-Mad Mike Hughes update. Gonna prove that the world is flat in his rocket ship Or else he'll go splat He's Mad Mike Hughes Mad Mike Hughes. I got nothing else in the form of news this week, so I guess we'll get on to this week's game. This week's game is Gopher from U.S. Games, 1982. Oh, uh, warning for sensitive ears and uh, ears of young children. The word bonking appears in this manual a lot. Just I'd warn you. Gopher is a one or two player, full color. That's right, full color. Designed to be played on the Atari Video Computer System uh, or the Sears Video Arcade, gophers have launched a merciless assault on your carrot patch. Although, to be clear, from playing the game, it's really just one gopher. Grab your shovel and fill those holes before they tunnel out and eat your choice carrots. With no time to run back to the barn for more seeds to plant, it's a good thing that crazy duck keeps flying by dropping them. Newsflash. Those ducks flying overhead, they ain't dropping seeds. But it's awfully tricky to catch a seed. Wink seed, plant it, and still keep those persistent gophers away. Just when you think everything's under control, they get faster and hungrier. Take a deep breath and let the battle begin. Alright, so we're using the joystick for this one. I have not played the two-player. I assume it's uh, two players taking turns, not two players playing at the same time. There are four difficulty settings. A position is a very smart gopher. B position is a smart gopher. And the four game variations are single player with duck is game one. Game two is two-player with duck. Three is single-player no-seed planting. And four is two-player no-seed planting. Each gopher you bonk is worth 100 points. Each section of tunnel filled in is 20 points. Playing hints. Stay somewhat centered in the carrot patch and slightly move back and forth with movement of the gopher. But don't follow him. He can move much quicker than you and also will appear on one side and then the other. Because gophers are jerks. Move out cautiously but quickly and fill the nearest hole that is up to the surface. Maybe only partially because you have to get back to protecting your carrots. Bonking. This very strategic and satisfying gameplay technique could be the answer to that multi-digit score. You can bonk the gopher on the head as he emerges from his hole or anywhere above ground as he runs for a carrot. This is the most rewarding accomplishment ever? Oh, as you receive 100 points for bonking and can manage enough time for a chuckle. Wow, U.S. Games really hates gophers. Before your next bonk, timing and accurate positioning is the key to bonking. I think we've all understood that for a long time. Timing and accurate position uh, really does make for the most satisfying bonking I've always found. Planting. This can be tricky, but the best approach is stay cool. Don't panic when the seed is dropped. Keep one eye on the gopher and meanwhile position the farmer approximately under the falling seed. Then, make your last fine-tuned adjustment. There really should be a hyphen between fine and tuned. Anyway, adjustments by tapping the joystick the appropriate direction to catch the seed. Important. If only one carrot remains and you have a choice between bonking and planting, by all means, bonk. If you lose the last carrot, it's back to shoveling out the barn. Yes, friends, always, always take an opportunity to bonk. Just a little advice from me to you. By the way, it is possible to catch a seed, bonk a gopher, and then plant the seed. If you manage to do this, you can probably also pat your head and rub your tummy while banging your knees. What? Oh, while hanging by your knees. Anyway, happy bonking! Two exclamation points. If any of you can catch a seed, bonk a gopher, and plant the seed uh, while patting your head and rubbing your tummy and hanging by your knees, for God's sakes, I want to see that video. So send it to me at ataribytes 2016 at gmail.com. And that is how you play Gopher. All right, so here's the real question. Is Gopher, from US Games 1982, really just the computer version of Whack-A-Mole, which, of course, is an arcade game in which you use a, a big hammer, a big mallet, to hit toy moles appearing at random, and you whack them, and they punch them back into their holes. I always like to play this one, like, at, uh, I didn't really go to Chuck E. Cheese as a kid, but I went to Showbiz Pizza, which is basically the same thing. It was a good one to play because it was not that hard and you could get lots and lots of those little tickets that you could trade in for really crappy little plastic toys at the end of the night. The game was invented in 1976, according to Wikipedia, by Aaron Fechter of Creative Engineering, Inc. in Japan. No, sorry, period. In Japan is a popular arcade game invented in 1975 by Kazuo Yamada of Togo based on 10 of the designer's pencil sketches from 1974, wait, so two people invented this? Alright, and Togo licensed the game to Bandai in 1977. A typical whack-a-mole machine consists of a large waist-level cabinet with five holes in its top and large, soft black mallet. Each hole contains a single plastic mole and the machinery necessary to move it up and down. Once the game starts, the moles begin to pop up from their holes at random. The object of the game is to force the individual moles back into the holes by hitting them directly on, hitting them directly on the head with the mallet. Adding to player's score. The more game quickly this is done, the higher the final score would be. Variations. Okay, so is there, a gopher, is there a gopher variation? Let's see. Researchers have used Whack-A-Mole and its variations to study the violent aspects of these games. The Whack-A-Mole game trademark is owned by Bob Space Racers. Machines with similar gameplay are sold under other names. Whack-A-Mole has also been the basis for a number of internet games and mobile games that are similar in play and strategy. Engineer Tom Hunkin built and installed a -a Whack-a-Banker machine at South World Pier in England in 2009, made from parts of a previous Whack-a-Warden machine. The term Whack-a-Mole is also used colloquially to denote a repetitious and futile task each time an adversary is whacked. It only pops up again somewhere else. Big Fish Games did put out a a computer game called Whack-a-Gopher, in which you're invited to watch for Gutsy McDivitt on the fairway. He'll pop up when you're playing, bop him on the nose for a small golf buck reward. ReflexTest.net also has a game uh, in which you're invited to smack gophers as they come out of their holes. And there are other variations in which you are invited to whack a gopher. So yes, to answer my own question, gopher is basically whack a gopher. Whack a mole in gopher form. Gopher, the game we're actually talking about today, was written by Sylvia Day and published in 1982. As I noted earlier... An unlicensed version was released by Zellers in Canada and was called Farmer Dan. Those Canadians are always ripping us off. Just kidding, I love Canada. Given uh, political events in the last couple of years, I've considered moving to Canada. Just kidding. The unlicensed version of the game was given the box art of Plaque Attack by Activision. Alright, I don't totally understand that, but okay. Atari HQ noted that by 1982, you would have expected third party. Game developers to come out with more complex and challenging games and move away from overly uh, simplistic offerings of early titles, but not so with Gopher. It is somewhat derived from whack-a-mole games and is cute. Everything about it. Visuals are quite colorful and realistic looking, though the little Gophers look a bit more like speeding hedgehogs. The sound is nothing but basics and is simply a small enhancement. You might get a chuckle or three, but you won't get any long-term play value. Younger players and new ones will be the ones most likely to enjoy this offering once it gets into the home. On the other hand, it might prove to be a good game to take a break on, though I highly doubt it. Woodgrainwonderland.com called Go for one of those games that is certainly fun enough in small doses, especially if you're playing on an emulator for free. However, the gameplay is very shallow. So much so that had I laid down 20 bucks for it back in the day, I would have definitely felt ripped off. Woodgrainwonderland.com gives the game a C-. For those who are curious... Pocket gophers, commonly referred to as gophers, are burrowing rodents of the family Geomyidae. There are about 35 species, all endemic to North and Central America, and they are commonly known for their extensive tunneling activities. They belong to the kingdom Animalia, Phylum, Cordata, Class, Mammalia, uh, Order Rodentia, Superfamily, Geomoidea, which I've just butchered, and the family Geomaidae. But the term pocket gopher on its own may be used to refer to any of a number of genera within the family. There are true gophers, gophers, but several ground squirrels in the distantly related family Scaridae are often called gophers as well. The origin of the word gopher is not clear, but French goffre, meaning waffle, has been suggested. All right. Um, this is on account of the gopher tunnels resembling the honeycomb-like pattern of holes in a waffle. I think that's just dumb. Gophers weigh around half a pound and are about 6 to 8 inches in body length with a tail 1 to 2 inches long, although a few species can get up to 2.2 pounds. The males are larger than the females and can nearly double their weight. Gophers live on average 1 to 3 years. The maximum lifespan for the pocket gopher is about 5 years. Most gophers have brown fur that closely matches the color of the soil in which they live and large cheek pouches from which the word pocket in their name derives. The pouches are fur-lined, can be turned inside out, which I'm guessing is a fun party trick, extend from the side of the mouth well back onto the shoulders. Gophers have small eyes and a short, hairy tail, which they use to feel around tunnels when they walk backwards. Another great party trick. And ladies, pocket gophers have often been found to carry external parasites. Predators include weasels, snakes, and hawks. They tunnel a lot. They eat plant roots, shrubs, and other vegetables, such as carrots, lettuce, radishes, and any other vegetable juice. They're solitary outside the breeding uh, season, like most of us. Aggressively maintaining territories that vary in size depending on the resources available. And because you know that I wouldn't overlook this, here are some carrot facts. Carrots are root vegetables, usually orange in color, though purple, black, red, white, and yellow cultivars exist. They are a domesticated form of the wild carrot, Daucus carata, native to Europe and southwestern Asia. The plant probably originated in Persia and was originally cultivated for its leaves and seeds, The most commonly eaten part of the plant is the taproot, although the stems and leaves are eaten as well. The domestic carrot has been selectively bred for its greatly enlarged, more palatable, and woody textured taproot. The United Nations Food and Agricultural Organization reports that world production of carrots and turnips, these plants are combined by the FAO, for the calendar year 2013 was 37.2 million tons. Almost half of those were grown in China. Carrots are widely used in many cuisines especially in the preparation of salads and carrot salads, are a tradition in many regional cuisines. When I thought about it, I realized that there were probably a number of famous gophers that you may recognize, including loveboat purser Burl Gopher Smith, played by former actor, subsequent congressman, and later, I think, Head of the Red Cross? Something like that. Fred Grandy. Another famous gopher, of course, is Scooter from The Muppets. Then you've got the gopher that plagued Bill Murray in Caddyshack, Little known fact, Punxsutawney Phil, not a gopher. But he is rumored to consort with them. If you know any other famous gophers, by all means, email me at ataribytes2016 at gmail.com. After the break, we've got a 14-carat adventure. Get it? Carrot? Because there are carrots in the game? Anyway, let's just get on with it. farmer in the dell, the farmer in the dell, hi ho the Dario, the farmer is dead because the gopher ate him. Okay, so my first impression of gopher is that it looks really good. Um, I know I've played U.S. Games, games on the podcast before, although I can't remember right now what they were. But I don't remember being all that impressed with them. This one, however, looks really good. You got a farmer with sort of a demonic smile on his face, but okay. Got the three carrots, got a little gopher. The gopher looks a little weird, especially when he comes up to the surface and and grins at you. He also is demonic. He may be the overlord of the farmer. I'm not sure. Um, But let's play this thing and and see what's what. I can listen to that all day. No, you don't. Oh, you turd. Gopher already got a carrot. Not today, little gopher. Again. Alright. I like. Ow! Man, I am off today. I have one carrot left. This may be a very short field report. This gopher is like. Had his cappuccino because he is moving. Don't remember him moving this fast. When I was practicing earlier, there comes the I missed the seed from the duck flying over. Anyway, this gopher didn't seem to move as fast when I was practicing, and I haven't changed the difficulty setting. I bonked him. I can bonk that gopher all day. That sounds weird. No 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 no, you think you're gonna get to the surface. Yeah, I planted a carrot just in time. The gopher got my last carrot. Ha! Take that, gopher. Sucks to be you, wildlife. No! Jerk. Alright, well, I'm out of carrots. I guess I'll go eat a donut. Back to you in the studio. Hey everyone, this is Michael, one of the hosts of the Atari XEGS Cart by Cart podcast. Do you like Atari? Of course you do. What about the 8 bit computer line? It was one of the best. Well, how about you consider joining Bill, David, Kieran, and myself as we review the cartridge based games for Atari's 8 bit computer line? We also review budget games, which are mostly released only in the UK. But that's not all, we also dig up game history, share personal experiences, and perform questionable comedy. You'll get all of that, and for free, just by listening to us on either iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, Player FM, or from our website at xegs8bit.com. That's x-e-g-s, the number 8, bit.com. And when you're done listening, please send us your hate mail, because we really need the feedback so we know someone is tuning in. Hey, it's the holiday season, which means it's time once again to tell you that, in addition to the stories you hear every week on this podcast, I also write books. And one of those is called In the Saint Nick of Time, which is a holiday-themed story, go figure, in which Santa Claus himself is burned out. He's tired of being Santa. He quits. He ends up in the town of Santa Claus, Indiana, which is a real place, where he meets up with Cameron Jones, a famous author who is having his own troubles. He's fighting with his ex-wife over custody with their child. He is suffering about of writer's block and about of something else which is causing him to have long conversations with a foul-mouthed hallucinated goldfish. Cameron's buddy Dogwater hunt has his own issues Dogwater is an avowed conspiracy theorist and a multiple alien abductee. he is convinced that aliens are going to visit Earth once again on Christmas Eve and he is intent on catching one. These three men are thrown together during the holiday season, and because it's a Christmas story, of course they have to save Christmas as we know it. But of course they learn a little bit about themselves and about friendship along the way. Now, this is a book in which Santa Claus appears, but it is not a Santa story for kids. This one is aimed squarely at adults, mostly because I looked around and thought, huh, nobody has really written a novel with a real-life Santa for adults. So I thought I would change that. In the Saint Nick of Time is my attempt to give adults the Santa that they didn't know they were missing. Go check it out. You can get the book wherever you order your books. All I asked is that you please leave a review at that place so that other people can see what you thought and so that they can find the book a little bit easier, not to mention the fact that it makes me feel better about myself. Alright, well, happy holidays. So here's the thing about Gopher. I really like this game. I get what the reviews were saying about how it's Maybe overly simplistic, it's maybe not one that you would play a ton, and that's probably true, but the little bit that I played today, I found it to be a lot of fun. Yeah, it is very simple, but I had a good time. It looks really good, the cute little gopher is is frustrating, it's just fun to play, Uh, I got no complaints. Like I said, I think the other US games, games that I've played were not as satisfying, although I can't remember. But I like this one. I'd probably get this out again and play a little bit more. It's kind of fun for a snowy day. Um, yeah. So, that's about all i got to say about that. Let's get on to this week's story. This week's story is titled, Go For It. The bartender at the foul play bar waddled over and cleared away the glasses. Last call, he quacked. Gotta close up. The varied avian patrons either chirped their request. Polly wants a crafter, but settles for a tequila or collected their bills and fluttered out. In one corner, Marty Mallard was winging his way through consoling the super drunk, Dax Duck. Dax was a well-seasoned bird in the poultry brigade. He'd led more seed runs that dropped more seeds over every farm from here to the farmers in the dell. At least, we think what those birds dropped were seeds. But today, none of that mattered because Dax's girlfriend had left him for a gopher. Gregor Gopher had it all. He was a half pound of sexy gopherness. A fluffy tail that wouldn't quit. Teeth to die for. Especially if you're a hot little lady gopher. Dax's girlfriend, Darlene, was a gorgeous lady duck with webbed feet up to here. The raft of ducks, it seemed to Dax, parted when she paddled through and how he beat out all the other drakes for her affection still stunned him. Dax thought Darlene's loyalty was unmatched. They seemed bonded over their love of classic movie stars like Daffy and Donald, and a shared appreciation for mollusks. But Gregor Gopher turned to Darlene's head with the promise of a huge system of underground tunnels and massive cheek pouches full of carrots. How could Dax compete with that? I have lost her forever, Marty, Dax moaned into his Bailey's Irish Cream. This week's episode is sponsored by Bailey's Irish Cream. Yep, you sure have, Marty said. He was really bad at this consoling thing. I mean, Gregor is pretty awesome. Dax smirked as much as a duck-bill not on a cartoon duck. Ken smirk. But, Marty said, taking another stab, you're the most decorated seed dropper in the poultry brigade. You're about to retire in style to a beautiful, beautiful place down south. Just one more run, and it's off to the good life. Yeah, Dax said, just one more. As the lights in the bar dimmed, Dax's brain matched the gloom as he concocted a revenge plan. Meanwhile... Gregor Gopher was devastated when he found out that fermenting carrots didn't make carrot wine he could he could get drunk off. It just made those these weird abomination of pickles. But that devastation was nothing compared to the crushing despair he felt today. Darlene, the new love that paddled into his heart, had just paddled right out again. Gregor supposed he should have seen it coming. After all, Gregor stole Darlene from Dax, turned about his fair play, and also a big jerk. Gregor slowly willed himself to go through the motions of carrot stealing. His heart wasn't in it. Neither, it seemed, were his claws as he barely scratched the surface. Literally, in this case, not a cliché. The topsoil was barely disturbed. Gregor crawled from his burrow and lay defeated in the sun, idly hoping for a hawk to swoop down and end this life. There were no hawks in the area that day, though, but there was a cappuccino field farmer trying to unleash his outsized, repressed rage for all the years of lost loves, repressed desires, and frustration at losing last night's Mahjong tournament by braining Gregor with the shovel. Bridger saw the shovel blade hurtling toward him once, twice, three times. Fortunately for him, the farmer had crappy aim. Not that Grader really cared. High above, Dax cackled, or quackled, whatever, as he rained down carrot seeds on the garden. Eat it, gopher, he called. Then waddle off to Darlene if you can fit your giant gopher butt back in your hole. And if you don't choke first. Dax fired down another load of carrot seed and also peed on him, just because But then, when Dax saw the farmer going after Gregor with the shovel, he almost crashed. The potential for Gregor's greasy, grimy gopher guts to be spread all over the garden was too magical to believe. Eat shovel, you home wrecker!" Dax shouted as he circled overhead. The farmer banged the shovel ever close to Gregor who either couldn't or wouldn't move out of the way. This concerned Dax a little. Seeing Gregor get his gopher noggin bashed in would be way less satisfying if Gregor didn't fight back. Pick your carcass up and run home to Darlene, you, uh, Geeky gopher. Dax wasn't proud of the insult, but you try to come up with an insult that starts with G. At the mention of Darlene's name, something stirred within Gregor. The hurt churned and curdled, erupting from Gregor in a volley of gopher puke, as Gregor screamed. She left me too, Duck. I hope you're happy. Dax really was. The farmer's shuttle banged down on Gregor's tail, and the gopher howled in pain. Dax didn't find it satisfying at all. Why, that two-timing witch... Dax said Then he paused Counting on three wing feathers That looked a little like fingers If Darlene left Dax for Greider Then she was a two-timer But Was she a two-timer again By dumping Greider Or a three-timer Is three-timer a thing And that's when Dax crashed into a tree He shook his head And glanced over at the farmer Standing over Greider Ready to finish Greider off Dax, hero of the poultry brigade, had to do something. He bared non-existent teeth as non-existent lips peeled back from his bill, and Dax launched himself toward Greider and the farmer. As the shovel came down for one final blow, the farmer's face changed from grim satisfaction to startled confusion as a duck inserted itself between the shovel blade and the gopher menacing the farmer's carrot patch. Dax absorbed the steel blow meant for Greider. Greider scampered away to nurse his thankfully only emotional wounds. And Dax? Well, Marty Mallard got the foul play dedicated drink to Dax called Duck Under Glass. Once a year, he raises a toast to Dax's final run. And Gregor always buys the first round. And that's our show. My thanks to Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com for Creative Commons' use of his songs, Reformat, Pinball Spring, and Take a Chance. Thanks to Mike Mann for his Mad Mike Hughes theme. Show notes are available at ataribytes.lipson.com. You can email the show at ataribytes2016 at gmail.com. Like Atari Bytes on our Facebook page. Follow the show on Twitter at Atari Bytes. Or follow me personally at Carnival of Glee. And wander over to Instagram too. Uh, The Atari Bytes page over there occasionally has some weirdness as well. Listen to Atari Bytes wherever fine podcasts are sold, distributed, or foisted upon you like so many flyers from politicians in an election year. But remember to burrow your way into Apple Podcasts Farm to leave a review of this show. Then go eat some carrots. They're good for your eyes. Also, you can support the show financially on our Patreon page, Atari Bites, B-Y-T-E-S. Please consider doing so, and thank you in advance. And if you have time, check out my other show. It's a podcast, Charlie Brown. New episodes drop on the 15th of every month, and are chock-full... Of Chuck Brown, Pepper and Patty, Snoopy, all their friends, the TV specials, the animated, well they're all animated, the movies, uh, the comic strip of course, the short little uh, Penis by Schultz episodes that came out a couple years ago. Uh, every month we have a random strip of the month where either I or a listener talks about a randomly selected strip and what they think of it. We did into the mind of Charles Schultz, we talked about the merchandise. You love Peanuts. It's an institution. You know you do. Even if you're only a casual fan, uh, check out the show and tell any of your friends and family who are big Snoopy fans, and you know you know some, to check out It's a Podcast, Charlie Brown. Thank you again in advance. Next time on Atari Bytes. We're hopping into the time machine to go to the future, the 7800 future, to be specific, to play Karateka, Karateka. I don't know. Maybe we'll figure that out next week, or maybe we won't bother. Um, So join us for Karateka, or whatever, next time. And until next time, go play some old games. They've missed you. o o o o o